you know that fresh produce is the best produce. That's why at Kroger, we invest in local farmers to bring you seasonal picks that taste fresh from the farm good, like sweet corn, refreshing watermelon, and juicy peaches. So whether you're a delivery lover, a picker-upper, or you shop in-store, your local produce always tastes 100% fresh, or you get a 100% refund guaranteed. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Welcome everyone to Take It Home Podcast. I'm your host, John LaRocca. And on today's episode, I'm going to talk about something that's near dear to my heart, pro wrestling magazines. And you know, I'm 45 years old. So growing up, you know, magazines are still a big deal. And, and uh, you know, for pro wrestling, uh, it was, you know, what we had on television or pay-per-view and what we got at the magazine store. And so it was just something I just loved. I still collect wrestling magazine to this day. Um, you know, if I see a, uh, someone's having a deal, selling some of their stuff, and it's a decent price, you know, I, I'll, I'll buy a few that I don't have. And I did that recently. So that made me think about, like, oh, man, I love to talk about pro wrestling magazines. And recently, um, on one of my uh, favorite podcasts I listen to every week, uh, Shut Up and Wrestle by uh, Brian Solomon, and and uh, on that on the podcast I was listening to one of his episodes with uh, George Napolitano, he uh, he talked about like you know I was kind of kick, kicking around an idea of writing a book about the history of pro wrestling magazines, and I just thought that was a great idea, and I hope he does that. I know he. He mentioned on his podcast recently that he has a, 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 a is going to be working on a new book on a new biography of a professional wrestler. Um, he didn't give the name of who that is, but I'm sure it's going to be great because his other book, uh, Blood and Fire, the uh, the autobiography of the original Sheik, was fantastic. I highly recommend you getting that book. Um, so, but it just got, you know, it's just kind of weird. Like I, I listened to that particular episode talking about pro wrestling magazines, one of the greatest pro wrestling magazine photographers, editors, um, you know, legendary up there with Bill Apter. I mean, just people that I would just see at ringside on television, um, at, at pay-per-views, uh, you know, and I think on, on on that same podcast they mentioned that you know nowadays like you don't even see the Garamond on, on television. You don't see these guys. They you know they don't you know. So it it's just got me really thinking about pro wrestling magazines, talking about my love of pro wrestling magazines, and and you know my wife probably thinks I'm crazy, but I'll get these. You're like, I don't, why are you buying these magazines? You know, I just I just love them because it it brings me back to a, just a really special time in my life. And I remember, like, the, my first exposure to pro wrestling magazine, magazines were the WWF magazine, right? That was my first exposure to that. My friend, Chad Ng, who I mentioned on this podcast many times, he's the one that really got me into pro wrestling because he was into pro wrestling. And, you know, we we're best friends. And I just want, you know, do you want to just do what your best friend does? And, 
and he got me into watching it and of course i ended up taking it <laughs> a lot farther than he did uh his love i think lasted one year my la- my my love for wrestling is going to last a lifetime um and i remember like he he had these wf magazines and you know i was like just you know looking through them all and all i knew was wwf right and until he introduced me like hey you know we you want to come to watch a, this wrestling pay-per-view coming up next and i was like what is it he's like it's nwa and i'm like nwa that's i thought it's wbf he's like no there's there's more than just wbf there's the nwa and i was like well what is the nwa like what it's about that who who's in the nwa he's like it's like the wbf but it's just more real and i was like oh man i gotta see that so that's when i watched that you know nwa pay-per-view that's when i saw rick flair Lex Luger, Sting, all those guys, uh, the Midnight Express, and I became an NWA fan over a WF fan, though I love the WF as well. It's just out here in California, there's no territory that, you know, anymore. There's no, there's no big time wrestling Roy Shires. I didn't grow up during that era, even though I wish I did. And there, everyone I talked to, all my uh, friends who are a lot older than me, who were in the wrestling business then or saying, John, you should have been born, you know, a lot earlier and you would have been a great, you would have loved the seventies wrestling. And I, and I do, that's my favorite time period of wrestling is the seventies. I think it's the best, best pro wrestling. Uh, it's just, you know, all the territories are thriving and the work is just so great. Uh, you know, there's not saying everyone's a, just a fantastic worker, but just, just the, I'm going to say it, the art of pro wrestling is just, I think at its best in the 1970s personally. And so, but in California here, you know, where I live, we just, you know, there's no connection. It's either what we have on television. So WF being the biggest game in town at the time, you know, that's all I knew. But then I discovered NWA and I could tell the NWA was like a, had a, a, a smaller budget than the WF. And I kind of always kind of gravitate to the underdogs. And so I just became a, a fan because, you know, Lex Luger is the first one that really captured my imagination that really put me over the top to being a wrestling fan. I just, you know, here as a, as a fan of growing up of, uh, superheroes, Superman, Batman, uh, you know, Spider-Man, all that. Here's a guy, Lex Luger, who looked like a Greek God. He looked like a, a, a real life comic book hero, right? Like a real life Superman. And it's funny cause he played a evil Superman on the uh, Superboy. Uh, episode which um i remember taping uh, <laughs> and watching and i thought it was the most amazing thing and i wish one day they would release uh those episodes on streaming but there's a big I think there's a big lawsuit going on with that still to this day and who has the rights and whatnot but hope one day superboy does make it to the streaming service and uh, but back to my original subject here pro wrestling magazines so my friend chad who introduced me to, to you know, to uh, my love of wrestling, basically. He's the one that really kicked it in gear. He also one day had these other magazines, not WF magazines, they're Pro Wrestling Illustrated. I'm like, what is this? And it was, he was like, oh, this is the, this covers everything. This shows a lot of different promotions all over the world, you know, NWA and AWA, world class, et cetera. And I remember opening those magazines and just being like, eyes are just bugging out my head. Like, oh my God, there's so much out there. 
and it just made me fall in love with it even more. There's that classic picture. This is 1988, and there's this classic picture of Jerry Lawler holding the AWA title, world-class title, and then wearing the UW, uh, unified title, right? They just won. And I'm like, who's – right away, I'm just gravitating this guy because I'm like, who is this guy? Look at all these belts he has. He must be a big deal. So at that point on, I wanted to watch – everything you know i didn't care what it was if it took place in a squared circle it was pro wrestling i wanted to watch it i watched no matter if it was uh, uh world class awa um uwf on sports channel her abrams uwf icw uh savoldi mario savoldi's promotion up in uh up in the new york area um south atlantic pro wrestling out from the Carolinas, uh, IWF from Florida, uh, just yeah, anything I can get my hands, I can't, I can LPWA, like I was watching anything in pro wrestling, and and it all that came from pro wrestling magazines, and the first territory that really captured my imagination in these magazines was, was Memphis. It just looked so crazy, so wild. I was so like amazed by jerry lawler because like i said the belt that picture of the belt just like he must be a big deal he must be one of the greatest wrestlers of all time and and that became true he is definitely one of the greatest i've ever seen one of my favorites of all time and i remember like watching world class on espn and he shows up on world class and he's talking about you know being a world champion how he's not ducking anyone he challenges hulk hogan he challenges rick flair and i'm like what? WF never talks about Ric Flair and the NWA. NWA never talks about the WWF. And I'm just like, mine, again, blown, right? And so I just could not get enough of pro wrestling, and I could not get enough of pro wrestling magazines. I wanted to buy them all. Of course, I was such a young kid at the time. I didn't have a job. I had an allowance. It was like a buck for doing chores. That's all I got. Uh, Big money back then. But I would also... (laughs) I told my mom this years ago, and she couldn't believe what I was doing. But you know, my mom would sometimes, you know, most time would make us lunch for school. But if you know she didn't have time to make lunch, she'd give us a couple of bucks, about three bucks for lunch, right, to get the cafeteria, and and I would literally not eat anything all day. And if I remember correctly, I wasn't hungry at school. Like, it didn't matter. Like, I was, like, okay with just, like, drinking water. at all the energy in the world because I was just a young kid, obviously. And I <laughs> and I said, so I would just save that money and go to the local Mart, which is called, uh, uh, God, what was it called? Not Save Mart, but it was, like, a, oh, man, I forget the name of this little grocery store little mart and they would have a bunch of different wrestling magazines and i would always just pick up a new one you know each time and i was like so excited to get it i wouldn't read it there i would not open it right i would just see the cover buy the one i didn't have yet and i would put in my backpack and i'd take it home um and at the time the only person i knew that 
knew liked wrestling or knew about wrestling was my friend Chad. But then, like I said, he quickly got out of it, and it was just it was just me. And I told a story before, and and um, with Gary Gonzalez and I on our other podcast that we have, we talk about stuff like this. Growing up, other than Chad for one year who liked wrestling, I had nobody to talk wrestling with for the till I graduated high school. So for a very long time, it was just me and wrestling. Right? It was my own my own world that when I would watch it and when I would. Uh, write my booking ideas down on the paper and the wrestling magazines. NFL Sunday Ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that it just got easier to be an NFL fan, even if you live far away. Like, maybe you like the Bears, but you're hibernating in Panthers territory. But with NFL Sunday Ticket, your out-of-market team is never more than a short distance away, specifically the distance from you to your remote control. NFL Sunday Ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews. What's up? It's Kaylee Cuoco. When it comes to travel, we all have a happy place. I just went to my happy place. I just went to Maui, and it was truly amazing. Priceline has always been about getting you to your happy place for a happy price with deals you really can't find anywhere else, like up to 60% off select hotels in Costa Rica or five-star hotels for two-star prices in Cabo. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Um, I, uh, I, it didn't matter if I wasn't, it was, I wasn't loyal to the after magazines. You know, I would get whatever Wrestling World, Main Event, um, Wrestling Eye, which I really loved. Uh, and of course, Pro Wrestling Illustrated, all the different uh, magazines they had. And it was like, it was a tradition for me. I'd get the magazine, I would come home, do my homework, do all that, and then once dinner, and I eat dinner, and once dinner is done, I go in the room, and I would start from the cover, look at the cover, flip the page, and like, I would not like skip. I wouldn't. I wanted to be surprised by every page of these magazines and I would just like build it up, like building up to uh, a big main event on a show. Right. Like I would just be like first page next, you know, if it, if there was like continue on page uh, 16, I would make sure I don't see what's on, you know, 13, 14 and 15 and go to page 16 and, and flip it over. And, um, and just you know, continue on with the story, and because I want to just be amazed when I opened up the the magazine, what's going to be next, what they're going to cover next, and um, I just it was the best, the best time in my life, you know, like growing up. It was these magazines, and I had so many of them, and I would I would read them over and over and look at them over over again i would be proud of my collection and i'll never forget i just i can still picture it my nightstand with three magazines i started my collection with and i was just thinking like one day it's going to be a big collection and and you know i have a pretty good size collection now it could be a lot bigger but you know i just um like i said i i i get magazines that you know excite me a cover that looks really cool um uh, i like stuff from the 70s i'll I'll usually get those or or the 80s like recently 
I just got four magazine. A gentleman was on um, um, a Facebook group that I'm, I belong I, I belong to uh, for a podcast, Stick to Wrestling Podcast by John McAdam. And someone on there was like, his name is Roger. Was was hey, I'm selling my wrestling magazines, and I saw his price, and it was a great deal for you know he had a couple of different price levels, but you know for you know, four magazines. It wasn't that bad. The price that he was asking for, and I was like, you know what? I got, I got cash in my PayPal. You know, I could quickly do this transaction and get these magazines. So, I recently got uh, uh, four magazines, and the first one was the Ring Wrestling Magazine uh, from June of 1981, and, and it was like I just had to get this cover because the cover. And it was uh, Bruno San Martino and Pedro Morales on it in the back, um, just arm in arm, just like these two, you know, legendary wrestlers of the WWF. Um, and I it, within the mat within the one other thing that kind of st- stood out to me was AW Wrestling in Oakland, California. Right, and, you know, only about you know, but thirty minutes from where I live now here in San Jose, California. And so I might want to see what that was about. And, I, and when I got this magazine in, I was just, you know, I loved, I loved great magazine on the back. There's a great color photo and I'll post it online uh, of Jerry, the King Lawler. And just, he has this nice like sweater shirt on and the crown and, you know, um, oh, man, I'm, it's kind of sad. I'm really going to admit this right now, but you know, Jerry Lawler always, ha- for the longest time, had the the goatee but without the mustache. And like I've always had this, too, because of Jerry Lawler. I thought it was a cool look. So when I was able to grow facial hair, I wanted to have the goatee without the mustache because of Jerry the King Lawler. From that picture of when Jerry Lawler was holding those three championship belts, right? Total geeking out here. And I don't know if this... Take it on podcast will be up there with the downloads. You know, Garrett gives me all the stats, and you know, I, you know, and and I don't know if this is going to be a, a, a fan favorite to uh, or one that people want to click on. You know, I don't, you know, but I'm glad I'm getting it out. It just really just makes me feel good to talk about this. It just make brings back so many great memories, and um, and so I'm glad to share it with you. But as as I was. And I see this great picture of Jay Law. Like I said, I'm gonna. I took a picture of it. I'm gonna post it on social media because it's just a fantastic picture. I love it. I'm, you know, I'm flipping through the magazine. The, you know, I'm seeing who all contributed, and I want to see the. And there it is, Jerry Lawler picture by Jim Cornette. And I thought that was just so cool because Jim Cornette is one of my favorite of all time uh, manager, and I'm a big, I have big listener to this podcast. Which I think is fantastic podcast, and um, it was cool to see that. Like he took that picture, and then it just got better as I'm going through this magazine. I'm seeing, you know, Jim Melby. Um, you know, uh, I'm seeing, uh, you know, God, who else was on there that was sticking out? All these famous people, but but there is a article on Jerry Lawler by Jim Cornette in this magazine. So what a gold mine for me you know like you know i just 
so happy I did, I chose this magazine. I remember, I remember like of the magazines he had, like this one really stood out to me because I'm such a Bruno San Martino fan, being full blood Italian. I love his story, and of course, if I was you know in New York in the '70s, my favorite wrestler would definitely be Bruno San Martino, right? So I loved, I loved, I loved this magazine. Um, another one I really wanted to get was the Wrestler magazine, which which is a uh, Stanley Weston magazine, you know, the quote-unquote after mag- magazine. Uh, this one was from September of 1984. And the reason why I got it, because on the cover is Kerry Von Erich holding the NWA world title that he just won from Ric Flair in Texas Stadium that, in that historic match, holding the yellow rose for David Von Erich, who passed away. And the cover's awesome. There's a great shot of Kerry with the belt. And it says, Kerry Von Erich wins the title, the NWA world title for David, for Texas, for wrestling. I had to have this magazine. And when I emailed uh, this gentleman about, you know, is are these magazines available before I wanted? I really just crossed my fingers for this one particularly because it's just a classic cover, right? And it was, and I got it, and I'm going to cherish this one because uh, it was such an amazing moment, right? In wrestling history and it was cool about this this magazine as well not just this great cover not for the coverage of the of the prayer champions but also like in the notes of like the news right where um and it was like you know what you know it's like hot news carrie von eric loses the title you know in japan on may 24th to back to rick flair so i thought that was cool to have that in the magazine as well um the wrestler magazine um of the after magazine is my favorite you know even though eventually pro wrestling illustrated became the big magazine of course they had the big centerfold in there um and i love the pwi don't get me wrong but the wrestlers and the reason why i love the wrestlers so much because they had an article in there um introducing and they would always feature a a young wrestler um, you know, and to me at the time, there was a few wrestling cards out there. Like I know WWF had uh, wrestling cards and whatnot. Um, I remember WCW ended up in like 1991 coming out with the wrestling card, which I had, um, truly the introducing, uh, article in the wrestler was to me, their wrestler's Basically, their rookie card, right? This is how I viewed it. And, oh, man. I remember, like, one time getting my stacks of the wrestler out and going through and <coughs> opening up each uh, article of the of introducing and, and laying them out and deciding, like, who became a bigger star, who made it, who didn't. Uh, I remember doing that as a kid, like on my bed, like spreading out these magazines, being like, oh man, this guy, this guy ended up going to places. And it was so cool to see who they featured, because a lot of the guys they featured <coughs> end up getting moved on to like the WWF or NWA or WCW, excuse me. Yeah, you know, there's a, I remember seeing Debbie Malenko for the first time on that article. And, and I remember like being like, oh wow, I didn't know they had a sister, right? I didn't know it was a kayfabe deal at the time. 
<coughs> excuse me. I really thought it was their um their blood sister. And you know, a few years ago I became friends with Debbie Miller because I thought that was really cool. So one day when I uh I've never met in person, just all been online, but uh we haven't crossed paths because of the pandemic yet, but I hope she gets brought out here about to the Bay Area again, or I see you maybe at Cauliflower in the future. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, I hope to see her um, there, and I'm going to bring that magazine. I want her to sign that magazine for me just to have because um, it was really cool. So I got that magazine. I really like it. I got two wrestlers. Um, I got one with uh, the Caravan Eric on the cover, and I believe that's King Konga in the introducing, and that's the Barbarian. So even though it wasn't probably his really rookie year, but I'm just saying like that's like my his, his rookie card in my opinion. So I was like. And, of course, if everyone knows, as you listen to this podcast, uh, one of my favorite guilty pleasures in wrestling is the Powers of Pain. I always list them as one of my all-time favorite tag teams. And they were great. I love the Powers of Pain. And particularly the Barbarian, who I thought was awesome. And he was awesome. He was a badass. And then also Kelly Kaniski. Uh, uh, excuse me. Nick, Nick Kaniski was uh, one of the other um, interesting. You know, Gene Kinnisky's son, one of his sons, his other son, Kelly Kinnisky, wrestled, who ended up being end up being famously as nails in the WWF for a short time. Um, but yeah, it was uh, it was really cool. Then when I got <clears throat> this has Ty Rich <coughs> with the NWA World Title, I love the covers with the belts, um, especially the of the NWA World Title, the big. The dome belt. Um, I always like covers like that. Just always look cool. This one was from September uh, of 1981. <coughs> Excuse me. Gosh, of course, I had a cough right now. And um, really, and the 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 lead story is uh, former NBA champion Tommy Rich has losing the title destroyed his career. Great, great, great article, right? There's also David Von Air versus Ric Flair article. Scientific showcase turns ugly. Um, a smaller picture does Pat Patterson and 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 Sergeant Slaughter wrestling. Slaughter's bloody as hell. Why Pat Patterson can never have another street ball against Sergeant Slaughter? Slaughter. Oh my gosh! <coughs> amazing, amazing stuff, man. And also, I I just. You know, I thought this. I, thought, I never had too many sports reviews. I know that's one of the uh, after magazines as well. I just it's usually the wrestler, Pressing Illustrated, Inside Wrestling is usually what I got. But this one's from uh, uh, August of '85, and Ric Flair, big cover. Ric Flair versus Nikita Koloff. They're side by side. Nikita looks stoned or something. He just kind of like squinting his eyes. Uh, Rick Flair's great with the with the the gold belt, the globe, the globe, uh, the dome belt, and also there's like exclusive photos of Prey Champions too. Dave Art Eric's uh, legacy of greatness continues. So cool pictures and and this one of uh, uh, that. So great finds by me, and also included on this. Uh, it kind of thrown in as like as like a special extra, which I I have. I appreciate the wrestling review, the arena extra, which was 
a uh, W uh, AWA, I guess, for the arena program. I'm guessing that's where it's from. I gotta get more uh, of the day all about that. Maybe I'll I'll send a question into uh, another favorite podcast of mine I've been listening to on a weekly basis. AWA Unleashed, covering everything from the AWA territory. Mick Karsh and um, Chris Tubbs do a great job on that podcast. I highly recommend it. They interview a lot of great people, people that work the AWA territory. So you're getting a lot of really cool perspective of the AWA. And, I, and for me, like I saw the AWA like on its last, last legs. Um, So, but to me, like I didn't know as a kid, I didn't know they were, you know, on their last leg. I just thought, hey, it's another wrestling promotion, and I, you know, I got into the, the wrestling there. I love the Destruction Crew. Uh, I got a kick out of Larry Zabisco. I mean, I want, I wanted him to get beat right for the title, and and I, and talk about wrestling magazines. Like I remember picking up the Pro Wrestling Illustrated, and they're talking about the big. Tokyo Dome Show Japan, and there it was, Mr. Saito being beating uh, Larry Zabisco for the AWA title. There's a picture of, i never forget this, Saito with the belt around his waist and the, and the referee raising his arm. And then in the foreground, there's Larry Zabisco down on the floor. And, and I just was forever wanting to see that match. Took And I, I, I think I saw it like six years ago for the first time and it was a really good match because Zabisco is such an awesome worker I feel criminally underrated by you know people today that there's a lot of people that a lot of young fans are only known from the Nitro days of a commentator and you know sticking up for WCW which is kind of funny because he's always such a you know for a very long time a heel since his turn on uh bruno san martino but larry is just an amazing worker and i you know i highly recommend any young wrestlers out there who want to you know study film and study how to be a heel work as, as a heel watch larry zabisco man that guy was fantastic um but again like Stuff in the wrestling magazines when I okay, so when I got on the internet in 1995 and I started getting into tape trading, and a lot of the stuff I was going for, I wanted to see was the stuff I saw in the magazines, right? Oh man, I like one of the first tapes I got because I was so so like in love with Memphis wrestling and and Jerry Lawler, like as a kid, I you know, kids growing up either dreamt they're gonna be wrestling in Madison Square Garden or the Omni or, or you know, I was dreaming about I want to be a wrestler at the Mid South Coliseum. <laughs> I want a team with Jerry Lawler. I love the, the territories. Um, and you know, even though the territories were on their way out then, but I just love the idea of you know a smaller territory, and I love the idea of. of you know, what Memphis had. And so I remember like one of the first tapes I got was the, uh, a whole history of, you know, Jerry Lawler's feud with Austin Idol, Tommy Rich and Polly dangerously all. And I, and I just was in heaven. When I got that tape, you know, but what I sought out 
for take collecting again was was pro wrestling from pro wrestling magazines and so like you know i, I want to say it was when new japan worlds started that's when i first saw larry zabisco versus mr saito from the tokyo dome i was like oh man i've been always wanting to see this matchup and there it was boom and it was great and so the magazines are always so i i never stopped you know, like like I said, I would always go on eBay and get a magazine here and there. Um, there's a couple of WCW magazines that came out I wanted to get. I remember one with Lex Luger on the cover because he won the WCW Wrestler of the Year in the magazine. Because I remember in 1991, I was pretty pissed off that Lex Luger in 1991 did not win Wrestler of the Year in Pro Wrestling Illustrated. I believe Hulk Hogan won at the time. And I was like, ah, should have been, should have been Luger. You know, he finally won the world title. I know he didn't be Flair, but he held it for, you know, a very long time in '91, and was a great champion in my opinion because you know he was my favorite wrestler. So, uh, oh man, great memories. And of course, you know, the Pro Wrestling Illustrated Year in Award stuff was highly anticipated every year. I am pretty sure I did send my votes in many a times, and I don't know if they really counted them. Uh, Bill Atmer said they did, but but uh, some of the winners were my favorite one is like 1987. Of course, I end up getting the uh, you know back issues of the the award issues um, later on. I had to get the one where Lex Luger won won the Rick of the Year. I had to get that one. Um, but the 87 one, I, I always got a kick out of because the most popular rest of the year was Dusty Rhodes. And the reason why they say he won most popular rest of the year, even though you know, you had Hogan wrestling and beating Andre Giant at the Pontiac Silverdome, because of Roddy Piper's babyface turn, him and Hogan split the votes. And that made it eight that made it for dusty rose to take <laughs> the most popular wrestler of the year that day so i just just i even back then i i called bullshit on that one um i was like there's no, you know but i loved it i loved seeing who's gonna win i make mean, rook of the year was a big deal i love seeing who's gonna win rook of the year um because i was a fan of the underdog i was always like wanted to see oh i wonder if WCW won had more wrestler of the year awards than, um, you know, re- wrestling award winners than the WWF and so much fun, so much fun. Um, uh, there was a, I want to say a 20th anniversary magazine of the wrestler. Um, gosh, 25 years. And it was this amazing magazine that covered the history of wrestling and I learned so much about wrestling history from that magazine. Like they would cover big moments from that year. Um, it was a silver cover, beautiful cover, talking about so many great guys. Because like I, I get so frustrated with a lot of people. You know, when I was working in the wrestling business, um, I would talk to other people, you know, in the locker room about wrestling history, and then they'd be like, eh. Now they had no interest in it. It would drive me insane because I was such a like I had to know I had to know like 
what came before? You know, I just, you know, and I was so curious about the olden days. Like, why was, you know, Bruno such a big star? Why, you know, why, you know, what about Hardy Race and Dory Funk Jr.? I loved the lineage of the NBA title and all that, all that stuff back then. I had to know. Then, the, then I want to know all about the territories. And to this day, I'm still collecting books. I love wrestling books as well. I don't get them all, but I I get the ones I really want to like learn about the territory. Like like, like the, for example, the original Sheik was such an amazing character and such a mystery. Then when Brian Solomon came out with this book, I had to get it. And not only is it a great book on the life and career of the original Sheik, but it's also a great look at big time wrestling in the Detroit territory and their history. So it's like, a, you know, it's great for that, for the territory part of it. I love it for that as well. Of course, the Sheik stuff. Right now, I'm currently reading a book called Katie Bar the Door by Mike Rogers. It's a history of Portland wrestling. It's a great look at the history of wrestling in Portland, um, a territory I, I know very well. Uh, but it's like, I love how those books laid out. They have results. They have little tidbits. What's so cool about this book, and I highly recommend it for people who, you know, want to know more about prosing history. I love about because Mike Rogers covers everything about the territory, Portland history from the beginning to the end, and there's so many wrestlers that came in and out. Some wrestlers that were, of course, big stars there, longtime area legends, but there's a lot of people that kind of came in. There for a short time, maybe didn't make the main events. Maybe they're opening match guy. Maybe they were just in the middle. And he would include pictures of these guys. There's a lot of people I've never even seen pictures of are in this book. And it's been such a fantastic book. I'm I'm quickly reading that as well. I'm going to move on next to uh, uh, Tim Hornbaker's Buddy Rogers biography. That's my next book. And I think I'm going to get the George Shire ADBA books. You know, I kind of like like books on the histories of territories as well as um, Pacific biographies I'm really interested in reading about. So, um, yeah, this has been fun. I gushing over wrestling magazines and wrestling books. So um, I didn't even jump in tape trading, but that might be one I, you know, uh, to be fun to talk about all the – fun of tape trading and and it, i talked a little bit in the past in the fight game podcast but never really in much detail here on the take it home podcast but like i said it brought back a lot of great memories i've had a blast doing this show i hope you can just you know feel and hear the excitement in my voice um, when i talk about this stuff like i said it's just like you know just bringing back memories of just growing up and you know I was lucky I didn't have a, a tough upbringing or anything. But, uh, you know, growing up, I was, you know, now people know me and I'm always joking around. I'm I'm very, like, outgoing and like to be around other people, like to socialize a lot. And when I was younger, I was, I wasn't, I didn't come out of my bubble yet. I was very shy. Other than my close friends, I could let loose, but. You know, when I met someone new, it was it took me a while to kind of, you know, come out of my shell. And, you know, a lot of times I, you know, like all I want to do is talk wrestling. Of course, like I said, I other than 
I had no one really talk to. So a lot of times when I was home in my room and my dad would make fun of me because I was always like coming home and going to my room and staying in my room. And, um, but when I was in that room, I'm sitting there reading mag wrestling magazines. I'm thinking about pro wrestling. I was writing down about pro wrestling, booking, writing freaking wrestling cards. I remember I had a, a, card that was like a 32 matches long and i thought man it might be too much for one show in three hours and i remember like condensing it down and then i then i would you know then i was like well it's easy to have a make a a wrestling show with all these big names what about i'll make i'll do a wrestling promotion with the guys who are quote unquote unsigned so i would like only have the unsigned guys know who's not in the wwf or in or wcw so i'd make my own approach out of that and then i remember my buddy tom caster and i this is later on you know like i said i didn't have anyone talk to wrestling about this but it was so fun to hear what he did the same thing as well because we we him and i have a fast fat fascination with jobbers right like we respected him we you know and to me like they were just not jobbers. I didn't know what that term at the time was, you know, or enhancement talent. I just knew them as preliminary wrestlers. They were the guys coming up, uh, still wrestling. Um, they always are fighting the uphill battle, but they gave their all, you know, as much as they can. And, you know, they were just not as good as guys like the Road Warriors or R. Anderson or Sting, you know, but. You know, I like the guys that would give up, give up effort, you know. And so, but I was always like, okay, they, they get beat here on television. And they get beat because they are, there are wrestling people that are just better than them. And when I was a kid, and this is true for anything in life still, my dad told me when I was playing baseball, well, you can't get better if you're playing people that are below your level you got to play people higher in your level so you get better and so i just always took it as those pretty wrestlers just they're doing their best to get better by working with the best right or wrestling the best and but i always like okay they must wrestle somewhere else they just can't just come here and get their butt kicked every you know saturday or sunday so i always had a, like a fascination like what shows are are they wrestling on? So I would then I would get my names and I would of job guys and I would make my my promotion out of the job guys. Like it was so much fun. Um, and I remember Tom Caster and I when we started hanging out. We first met. You know, he was like, "We're at Kinder Spirits, right?" Because like we both had our love for wrestling. We both had a love for the wrestling history. Um, our likes were all very much the same when it comes to pro wrestling. And I remember like telling the story like, Oh yeah, I, you know, I used to make a promotion out of the job guys. And he's like, I did the same thing too. And I remember he say like Ron Cumberledge was his champion because he was, because Ron Cumberledge, who was, I believe was an Ohio wrestler or in the Midwest there. He was this tall, uh, good looking guy. You know, he had the cosmetic look and, and he and I, and he was good. And I always thought the same thing. Tom and I were always like, hey, I thought he should have been a lot better, or, or they should have had a bigger spot for him back then, you know. Or and and then it was just really fun. So, ah, oh, man, it's been so much fun talking about this. 
hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. I hope it brings back a lot of great memories of growing up. And I would love to hear your 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 thoughts on um, growing up, how much pro wrestling magazines meant to you, and and how much uh, you know uh, wrestling books mean to you and all that stuff. So I'd love to hear that stuff. So hit me up on Twitter at LaRocketJL. Everyone, have a great weekend. Be safe. Take care.